0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. You You may all be seated because I don't think you want to be standing for 41 verses. I will stand for you. 1 to 41, John 9. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, And when he said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Shilom, which is sent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. And others were saying, no, it's someone like him. And he kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Shilom and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. And they said to him, Where is he? And he said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? They were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And he said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered, We know that this is our son, And we know that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. For the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I have already told you, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want also to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. Do you not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes? We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that he had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. And the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin." But now that you say, we see your sin remains. The gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, take us from our blind little faith into faith of discipleship and trusting in your grace in our baptisms. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to tell you about a crazy movie. The movie starts out, I don't think this is a real movie. The movie starts out at the beach, and there's a large crowd on the beach. Some are picnicking, some are sunbathing, some are tossing a ball, but no one is in the water. There's a large sign that says, no swimming. And you look around in this movie, and you see that there is a lifeguard. And the lifeguard has some friends around him. And all of a sudden, someone screams from the water. Someone is trying to swim, even though the sign says no swimming. The lifeguard doesn't move. He looks down towards the drowning man and yells, You should have read the sign. Who told you to go in? Someone gets up from the beach and runs in and jumps into the water and saves the person. Do you think he's treated as a hero He's not. In the next scene, the lifeguard and his buddies are yelling at the swimmer, You didn't read the sign either. How dare you go into the water? One buddy turns to another buddy and says, How are we ever going to have any order around this place? Pretty crazy movie, right? Pretty crazy movie. Lesson out of John. Jesus and the disciples come upon a person who is blind from birth. And the disciples asked, Who sinned? This man or his parents? That he should be born blind. Okay, do you all catch that that's really horrible, horrible, rotten theology? But that's how, in New Testament times, physical defects were understood. Somebody had to sin in order for it to happen. If not you, maybe your parents. Somebody sinned. But Jesus doesn't leave it there. He doesn't accept that theology. And he says, This man didn't sin, nor did his parents. This has happened so that God can be glorified. Makes you wonder how God is glorified in sickness because God wants us to work with each other as a community in dealing with sickness. So Jesus spits on the ground, just like most of the farmers I've seen do, bends down, takes his fingers, and he goes like this. How long has it been since you adults have played in the mud like this? Ah, nobody's smiling. It's been too long. You need to go out and play in the mud. That's needing, right? Right? Just like you need bread, he's kneading the mud. He puts it on the man's eyes and tells him to go wash. Kneading mud is against the law on the Sabbath. It's called work. He washes and his vision is restored. Now, this causes all kinds of confusion. The neighbors see him, and he's not begging, and he's looking. And some of them say, how did you get healed? And some of them are saying, who are you? You look like the guy that used to sit here and beg, but you're not him. Who are you? Well, that gets into a big fight. And so they take him to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the church leaders. And then they turned the story all around and said, who healed you? And why was he working on the Sabbath? They missed the point of seeing. So they try to discredit Jesus And then they dispute if the man was really blind, and they get his parents involved. And the parents say, yes, he's our son, yes, he was blind, and yes, he's of age. Meaning, talk to him, not to us. They didn't want to be kicked out of the church. They didn't want to be excommunicated. And so they talk to him. And they say, and the blind man says, if he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But I was blind and now I see. I think that phrase is coming up in the hymn after the sermon. Do you ever notice when we start to have a fight? and you're on the defense, you either get quiet or you get huffy. The Pharisees confronted the man and they began attacking his testimony. They accuse him of being a disciple of Jesus and to pick on him. And the man changes starts out the man Jesus healed me and now the man realizes something that the pharisees are not so he says why do you want me here why do you want to hear me testify again about my healing do you want to become his disciple too he realizes that Jesus is different than the powerful Pharisees. God had placed a blind man in the midst of the church and then healed the blind man to give the lesson of being able. To see. It didn't work. You who are steeped in sin at birth, how dare you lecture us good, righteous people. They tossed him out. Excommunicated him. Do not come to the temple to worship. And Jesus finds him do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he? Jesus says, it is I. And he says, Lord, I believe and worship Christ. From man to prophet to Lord, his faith grew. And Jesus ends the story by saying, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And the Pharisees said, Are you talking about us being blind? And Jesus says, Yep. So, what do we do with this story? How does it affect us today? What do we walk away with? The first thing we walk away with is the question, Who is Jesus? All the texts from this Lenten season always have that question in mind. Who is Jesus? And in this story, the question is about sin. Sin. Sin and being blind. Sin and not being able to see God. Seeing God and and forgiven of your sin. So, in this story, we have disciples who are near Jesus. We have the man who was blind, who becomes a disciple, because he was healed and kicked out of the church. It tells us then that faith has something to do about growing. Maybe another word, faithfulness. In our baptism, God claims us and makes us his. But then there's the faithfulness. How do we respond to that claiming? So it means that we have to have some sort of response. Some point in our life, or maybe many points in our life, we have to respond to follow or not. We have to have some sort of call to ministry and mission. Sometimes it might be a pastor, and we need pastors. In two or three years from now, we're going to have over 1,000 empty congregations. We need volunteers in mission and ministry of the church. We need mission and ministry in our community to help Fight poverty and ignorance. But that's the challenge. We are grasped by God, and then we're given a challenge. Will we take the risk or not? Will our faith grow from man to prophet to Lord? Many years ago, when I went to seminary, I had to write a paper. And it was a paper about my faith. It was the first semester of seminary. We wrote the paper, and then our three professors that were teaching the course tore it apart. Let me tell you, when you have your faith and you put it down on paper and then it's torn apart you bleed for a while and you might think well why did the professors do that look at what happened to the blind man he bled for a while He knew that he was healed and he knew that whoever did it was from God and he was attacked. After writing that paper, I grew in faith. So what does that say for those of you who have not gone to seminary? Sometimes we pastors use that word evangelism. Oh boy, here he comes again. Telling us we need to go talk to somebody about my faith. And that's good. To talk about your faith... But someone who is wondering about faith probably helps you more than it helps the person you're talking to. Because when you have to take those words and thoughts and feelings that are running around in your head and put them out your mouth so people can hear, it means you have organized your faith into words and into action. So maybe evangelism is a good way to put our faith out there and clarify what we believe. Slightly different area of belief and having faith is How does the community see us as a church? In a lot of communities, the church is seen as a burden rather than a benefit. So the question then becomes, what are we? I can tell you what I see I see a community of people who have a joy for God, who have a love for each other, and have a fellowship that they want to share. That's our message. And it's a wonderful message to have. But it goes back to that word evangelism. Can we share our joy and our love and our fellowship with people that we love and like to be with? We have a good time together. Everybody had a good time this morning except Janine. She didn't want to be there. <laughs> well, That's not okay. You sure made me think about it a lot this week. No, yes, Janine wanted to be there. We have a good time. Take your story and share it. It's a wonderful story of your life. Amen.